Uh, yo, 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 welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. The guy we have on the podcast today, his currency is truth. We got Mr. Joe Button from the Joe Button Podcast with Rory and Mal, from his long career in hip-hop. Uh, from everything that you know Joe Button for, man, you know Joe. He's on the show today. We're going to talk to him about a bunch of things. We're going to talk to him about a situation involving one of my dearest, closest friends, Charlemagne the God. Joe thinks I'm pussy for not having talked about this, but we are about to talk about it a little bit today. We're also going to talk about how he got his start in this whole thing and how he has become a better person since he has begun his relationship with the beautiful and graceful and talented Miss Sin Santana and why he feels like she's had a lot to do with him being not such a fucking asshole. Pop some pills. Get ready for it. This is a fun one. Oh, we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. Hey, yo. Does my voice sound as luxurious as I'm accustomed to it sounding? That's the first first and foremost. I, to, that's for the audio guys. I'll tell you what, you, we have the finest of equipment here, though, in this room to make sure. That is exactly what I expect you to say. That we and, get. And the rest of the people in this room. Yo, do me a favor. Equipment. White people, clap for Joe Button. Please. Yeah. Why? They were super excited to have you here. Oh, man. Very excited. Let me tell you, that's what Pump It Up did for me, man. <laughs> white white people still, to this day, like they have an affinity for Joe Budden. You know what's weird, though? I don't think that is really um, the Pump It Up version. I think because uh, freaking Jason's from Jersey. Just uh, at West Orange. Oh, what are you doing out here? I live I live, I live, live in that area somewhere. Were you, were you Newark originally? Or? No, I'm Jersey City originally. Jersey City? Yeah, I got some money and left. I like man. it out here. Yeah, and then, they, and, then they, and then they made it nice. <laughs> so tell me, what, what what is this? I don't know shit about the East Coast, man. Uh, okay, so Jersey City is where the Holland Tunnel is. Okay. Uh, figure the Weehawken area is where the Lincoln Tunnel is, and Fort Lee is where the George Washington Bridge is. So I moved from Queens to Jersey City, New Jersey, at the age of 13 and with the school out there, and it was the hood. Mm. Uh so, but it's nice, really nice now. It's nice now. It's what happens? like super gentrification nice. oh my type of God. situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to purchase. You, you, so you going back? Oh yeah, back yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to return. Got to return. Um, what was like? What were the beginnings of Joe Budden like? Because I'm, I'm like, for me, I remember Pump It Up, and because we were around the same age. I think we might born. I was born in 1980. Same. Right. So we were around the same age. Like what? What I didn't really know was what came like before that, and I just want to kind of before nineteen eighty. I don't know either. No, man. not before that, nigga. Oh. <laughs> like before, oh, say Jesus. before, before, like <laughs> what uh, before, pump it up. Like what? How did you get into this whole thing? Before pump it up, how did I get into, into rap? Into how did you get to that point how where you was I on get... the biggest label in the world? I never heard this before. Oh, okay, damn. How did that happen? My memory's so bad. <laughs> it was ages ago. I'm such a dinosaur. It's a long time. Jesus, man. I still feel like one of the new guys. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, Def Jam, Def Jam. Before pump it up, it was focused. Before focus, mixtapes. 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 My uh, my God brother came to see me in Jersey City. I'll make a long story less long, real quick. Cool. Uh, he came to see me in, in Jersey City. I was rapping. I knew nothing about the industry or music or mm -hmm. I was just rapping in Jersey City as a stick up kid. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was my that's my history. That was your history. Stick right up there. kid, uh B E's That whole deal. Oh yeah, all that. So I was right. just rapping while I was doing those things. Uh so I eventually got to New York because he was in Queens, my god brother, and he told me to just tear up the mixtapes. I tore up the mixtapes and gentleman by the name of Webb, he heard the mixtape. He mm -hmm. gave it to Cutmaster C. It eventually reached Shane's hands. Shane managed Clue. 
Skane brought it to Kevin Lowes. And then, and, boom, we on. And Kevin Lowes kind of coached Skane as in what to do in order for, for them to sign this kid. Right. And I originally got signed to, it, was, it wasn't even Def Jam, it was Spit Records. Mm. Uh, that was Rob Love, Rob Love running that. Shout out to Rob Love. What did, so right now, your career is obviously taking all of these different terms and turns, shall I say, and right now you're one of the most important vo- voices in the culture or some different type of shit. Oh, thank you, man. That's a true thing, though. No I bullshit. It. What did Pump It Up era Joe Button think that Joe Button would be doing right now in 2018? Rapping. You thought you would be rapping? Rapping. Did yeah. you have any idea of the type of rapper, how big of a rapper, what kind of rapper you would be right now? No, I just didn't envision. I, I never envisioned uh, stopping mm-hmm. when I did. Right. That was like that was like an impulsive. It wasn't impulsive because it was well thought out. Right. But in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought at 36 years old, I'm going to say, no, nah, I'm cool. Just get out of it. That wasn't hard to do? No. But see, that's weird. I'll tell you why. Because you were one of the guys that was keeping from hip-hop fans, from real hip-hop fans, was keeping what, like, we thought was real rapping going. Like, everybody else was doing different waves, and we could always come back to certain dudes if we wanted to just hear bars. What made you just be like, fuck it, rap's not my thing anymore? Because it's like you fight a fight that you can't win, Van. It's like if, it's like if every day you woke up and tried to convince everyone that we can fly. Mm. Maybe we could fly. Right. No one has actually sat down and tried to figure out if we could fly. Right. Because it seems stupid. So it's, it, it's like the same thing in, in rap. You're just fighting a fight that you're not going to win. I heard Nick Saban say, and I really respect, like, it's certain people that. You were coming like to this. I'm are. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You were coming to this room and but bring up motherfucking Nick Saban to me. At <laughs> left LSU. He won you a championship. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Alabama, yeah, like, yeah. we could be like, Alabama. You were coming to this room and bring up Nick Saban. How Sir, dare I you? I thought that Nick Saban would be exempt from that. From what? From from this. Well, why? Because he because he he had a stop at LSU and then went across. We get our asses whooped by Alabama every single fucking year. And that's going to continue to happen. It, until he leaves. <laughs> that, that's that's going to continue to happen. Until, until he, he leaves. And he just re-upped. He ain't going nowhere. Right, but, yeah. But I heard him say, and he's one of the minds that I really respected what he does. I heard him say Genius, one yeah. day, yo, he said, I hate everything about college football. <laughs> mm. Like and I believe him. He's one of the people that sounds disgusted every time you just hear him talk. He and, just and, seems like he and hates I feel life. him yeah. because that's how like I identify with that. So he said I hate everything about college football, but I have to work with the tools that I am given. He said that is the that is what makes geniuses geniuses. They just work with the tools that they are given. Hmm. It was like a it was like a an epiphany light like, switch. You're like, duh. This shit is like, 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 I'm sitting here angry about certain things when I could be of service. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just get out of my own way and and make this a very selfless thing, because that's how we fell in love with hip hop. It was a it was a selfless thing. It was like, wow, look what's happening. It wasn't about me mm-hmm. uh, until it became professional. So once I got out of that and was like, damn, this is, you know. Things just started happening. Right. <laughs> you feel I, like you mean more to the culture, doing what you're doing right now. Um, than my you voice did as a is much louder, not rapping. 
I reach more people not rapping. My message is is well better served not rapping. And I accomplish all the same things I did rapping. I said that last night at the San Fran uh, live podcast. Live podcasts have been crazy. If they've you, been if, amazing. They've been crazy. I went to the one in L.A. Joe had people up there ruining their fucking lives and their relationships. There was a pregnant lady on the stage talking all kinds of wild shit about threesomes. It, it was really a good time, man. Y'all really Look, got the crowd. This stuff loose. is beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. I'm playing some of the same venues that I rapped at and, and couldn't sell out. <laughs> Ridiculous. And they're all... They're, hour they sell out an hour mm. for me going on stage and having fun with my real life friends like i don't take any of that what's the granted. what's the wackest thing about the rap game and we're not gonna spend too much time on rap but i just want to know what you thought uh, about the wackest it. thing about the rap game i won't say the rap game but i mean uh the the need for attention seems to be plaguing quite a few people in a few different places it's mm -hmm. not just not just the rap game but that's where it is that, that's where it is. I'm watching this fucking 50 and Floyd shit. I've been, well, I've been on it and too. And I'm like, it's telling to me. Because you have two very well accomplished, well respected geniuses. Just acting like kids. That have each other's personal numbers. So they, if they want to get shit off their chest, they can so talk it's like, to each So other. it's like, I respect y'all. So I would never clown y'all. So I have to assume there's a reason that y'all are behaving this way but for me it all boils down to the need for attention so that's two multi-millionaires with the need for attention that's broke people front need for attention every everywhere like it's not too many people that's just chilling no more like that's just a dead thing that's done and since i come from the stick up kid era mm -hmm. yeah i chill still still chill <laughs> i chill still i have a, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna make a statement to you i'm not gonna tell you who made this statement but it was about you and I want you to tell me whether or not this statement is true or false. It was made about a year and a half ago. Does the person like me? They do. Okay. They've always liked you. Is this person honest? <laughs> I think so. All right, let's hear it. So the statement is this. Is this a true statement? Joe has always been real. Joe has always been thorough. But he was an asshole until he met Sin. No, that's not true. Not true person said that sin has leveled you out and brought out parts of your personality. Oh, no, she has. That part is true. I, I just say, I'm still an asshole. Oh, you're still an <laughs> asshole? Okay. <laughs> I'm still an asshole. Oh, so you're saying, oh, okay. I so have you, a different version of that. You okay. want to hear my version? My, Here, my listen, version give me is, your version. Joe is the same raw, honest, unfiltered, just Joe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, today, the audience has changed. The audience is more accepting of of this style of of this delivery yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, and minus some of that dame anger and, that the, and the bitterness and the resentment dame yes. dame says dame that dame a, says that too i was just with dame that's my guy last week yeah we dame, dame says that too dame says man i've been saying the same shit y'all just started listening yeah it's not totally different now totally different now so was today. we pussy back in the day no we didn't have the, the outlets mm -hmm. back in the day like when i my the first thing I did when I got to Def Jam was invade the uh, new media department. Like, that's back when they had departments for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't really pay attention to that because it just wasn't important in the grand scheme of things. But today, that's everyone's outlet. Right. So today, Dame could, could, we can see and hear from Dame at all times. There was a period in hip hop where we were dying to know what Dame thought and we couldn't. Yeah. Right. 
Like it just changed. Like my mom couldn't couldn't just wake up and send a DM to Prince or Marvin Gaye. Like that's real. Everyone is accessible, so you got to really watch what people are doing or attempting. Let me not say doing because it's a lot of fuck shit happening. What people are attempting to do with their brands mm. and be cautious of the brands that you follow. True. So what do you? How do you? People have watched your sort of your, ascension, your, your, yeah, and your relationship, my maturation. How do you feel like oh, my relationship, sin, and your relationship? That's my baby. How does that? How does that affected your maturation though? Because a lot of brothers still running around here, and they see you've been with a lot of beautiful women, and they they see that and they go, "Yo, man, I will fucking keep doing that till I'm 65, 70, 80 years old." Like, how does how can you how can you sort of encapsulate or, or I guess talk about or sum up? what that relationship has meant to you and to your growth and maturation. Sin was the first, she was one of the first people that like, let me figure out how to word this. Because there was a point where, you know, Sin and I have known each other for a long time. Okay. But there was a point where there was some genuine disdain that we had for one another. We just didn't really- Word. We just didn't really rock with one another so tough. Right. But over through, through through the years, that changed, and then we just got really, really, really cool. So by the time her and I popped off, like I really, really liked her. Right. Like, friend. Friend wise, like as a like human being, we like yeah, rocking right. So that was new for me. Um, and in that phase, what I noticed was, wow, the same way that I like her, because I've never looked at her this way before. Mm-hmm. The same way that I like her, she's well liked. People like her. Like, mm-hmm. just you know, I've been in relationships where certain women have come in the room and instantly dampened the room. Right. Just dulled light over dark. Now right. she does the exact opposite. Not just for me, for a bunch of people. What it did for me was, you know, I spent my entire career on guard and emotional and young and just you know wild. Yeah trying to figure it out what it did for me was it made me say you know what maybe that's cool to be liked like ah maybe i like i'm likable (laughs) right okay that's dope i'm not an asshole to everybody Mm -hmm. i just have this i'm just a dick i'm just standoffish i'm grumpy i'm a i have these ways that you know Everybody don't have to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shit is cool. And then I was so happy with her that the the two ideologies just, I mean, it just coincided like right. this. And then as time just went by, you're like, damn, everything is great. Yeah, man. You know what? Do you think that as men sometimes we fight the idea that like, oh, we, you, people say it all the time in like R&B songs and shit like that. But you think we fight the idea that women can actually make us better people? Uh, I would call any person that said that a, a true idiot. Mm. I'm certain that there are a lot of true idiots out there. There are definitely a lot of true idiots out there. The world's greatest creation is, is woman. Mm. How could they not make us better? They, they can make do. they can make us better, or they can make us worse. I mean, that's solely up to you and, and the woman that that you saw it. Yeah. So, R. Kelly dropped a 20 minute song today. Did you listen to it? Not all 20 minutes. I heard about <laughs> I, I want to say I heard four. Okay. 
410. I didn't get to the John Legend part. I heard that, the John Legend part. What did he say about he John said Legend? That, Ian couldn't tell me. He said that uh, he mentioned John Levin, Steve Harvey, and Tom Joyner. For the young white listeners, you don't know who Tom Joyner is. Google that shit. He's a titan in black radio. He said... Uh, that he doesn't know why those three guys spend so much time tearing him down where they could be lifting him up. So apparently John Legend has got at him, Steve Harvey has got at him, and Tom Joyner has gotten at him, and he's sick of the bullshit. He's sick of it. R. Kelly, this whole 20 minutes, R. Kelly is fucking fed up with y'all getting on his shit, talking about all kinds. He, he, he said he's admit that he can't read. That's how he doesn't have his publishing, because he can't read. He says he gets that, and he says, by the way, all the freaky shit that he does to the girls that were in the last test coat, they like that shit. Basically, was the the whole gist of it. You didn't listen. Uh, you gave me a brilliant rundown. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you don't have to listen. I'm probably to not going to just run the SoundCloud. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna pass on on that one. Mm, um, R. R. Kelly needs R. Kelly needs help. Yeah, he 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 needs a lot of help. I asked you this because there is something, um, sort of that I want to talk talk to you about as it relates to what people think happened and what people did happen, what did happen. For R. Kelly, we have a blueprint of what actually happened in the different in the, the situation that he was involved in. But there's another situation involving somebody that I'm really close to right now mm-hmm. that I have yet to really talk about because I didn't really feel Because you're like, pussy? Not because I'm pussy. Because then tell me why. I don't have anything to add to the conversation. No, knock it off. Let's be real. Now, if we're gonna be real, then be real. Can't I, be a, I can't be the only one sitting here being real. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I wanted to bring it up with you. I'm, okay, good. So, I don't have anything right. to add to the conversation. Why like, do you not? What, what what can I say? This first of all, just let y'all know we're talking about Charlemagne. They know the fuck. We yeah, right, about. right. But like, what can I add to the conversation that hasn't already been said? That is a lazy cop out. Tell me why. And you are way too much of a trusted voice to use that as a crutch to avoid such a serious conversation with one of our most prominent voices. Okay, so you felt so so all right, so let's be honest with let's let's be honest about it. So I feel this this is the way I feel about this situation and I'm not going to preface this with anything because throughout the course of this conversation I feel like my entire range of thought on this is going to be it's going to come out. Number 1, if we are to discuss something about the, the 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 incident, we can't discuss what happened back then because that's been adjudicated, right? So, which means what? Mean mean meaning that I know what adjudicated means. I get. It. I know. I know you know what it means. But I'm just saying, meaning to to me, meaning that I mean that's not. We didn't cover here at TMZ because that's not news. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. I'm with you. Right. I didn't think I should cover it either. Right. Uh, but not because it had been, <laughs> no, I didn't cover it because I'm just not going to cover it. Right. I wasn't there. I don't know. But the fact that it went away, that don't tell me that, all right, shit was just fine and dandy. It's too many, it's too many parts. It's too many parts involved is, at this point. Like, mm. and, and, and like, I'm such a conspiracy guy. Like, why now? Like, why is, why is this happening now, oh, I know why it's the happening HBO, now. The HBO, the HBO show just yeah. got announced. Yeah, I know like, why it's happening now. I'm, I'm certain that there's some other parts coming into play. And Charlemagne, you know, I, why I like Charlemagne, I like Charlemagne because he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Let me say that. Let me say this, and I don't really care how it comes off. Whatever happened, and I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne is behaving 
the way that I would expect Charlemagne to be right. in the situation. Yeah. And that is why I like Charlemagne. Right. He's, he's not running from it. Me and him had a long text conversation about it. He was screaming on me as if I had said some shit, but I didn't. I'm not going to speak on it because I don't know. I don't know and I wasn't there. Right. I just like how he's going about handling himself. Yeah. And I think what I mean is, okay, so. But y'all pussy for not talking about it. Who's pussy? Everybody didn't talk about it. So. Well, I understand, and I'm being for real. And the reason why I'm I'm saying is like, so the old case, we don't like the the old case comes up. He submitted DNA to that case, like you know, he submitted DNA, DNA exonerated him. So I'm cool on that as far as what happened there. Yes. I, this is not to belittle what went down at that party because something did happen, mm. and so. People need to understand that you can be innocent of something and still be wrong, right? And still be complicit. Right. So so that's not to but as far as his involvement in it, I couldn't go on vacations with a nigga I thought I could thought could do that. That's real. One hundred percent. All right. So 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 for me, I'm good on that. So all the clips is coming up like with shit on the podcast and all of that stuff like that. Actually on the flip side, you would never know if a nigga did something like that. But if I that's true. <laughs> but if I did know, you would be right on vacation with a nigga that did something. I know, like that, but you if wouldn't I, know. But if I did know, right? Oh, you wouldn't do it because you have morals and ethics, right? Because I have morals and ethics. And but but if Samesies, I did know, I'm, so I'm I, I know, right? So so what I'm saying is, so if, I would be the first to get Charlemagne the fuck out of here if that if, if you thought if, that was real, one hundred percent, right? So I guess what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about is now I heard. Uh, we were on the podcast last week. By the way, I fuck with Rory real. Let me tell you why I fuck with Rory before tell I tell me why. Because I don't tell you sometimes. Let me tell you. I tell you why I fuck with Rory before I tell you a problem with something I had that Rory said on the oh, podcast. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Rory came out and got me at Henny Palooza one time. Mm. Rory came out and got me and let me into the Henny Palooza. This is pre Kanye. This is this was when I was just a nigga on TMZ. Rory's out there. And I guess him and Cass was, and Cal, I had to wait for Cass. And Rory came out there. He dabbed me down. I was like, yeah, man, he showed love. Anybody who shows love, I appreciate you as a stand-up Rory's guy. a good guy. Rory's a good guy. Rory said on the podcast last week, he said that he's through with Charlemagne or that he's done with Charlemagne because of the clip that came out about the Spanish fly situation. My issue with that is that that clip is in the larger context of a discussion that they were having, and I feel like we're missing that. Uh, I, I said that. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was so in my feelings. I said, I didn't hear I that said shit. you can't. I said, I don't do that. Like, actually, we spent a good minute talking about that. Yeah, I did. I, I, I listened said, to I, don't, I can't retroactively go back and snatch everything that is applicable to this situation that Charlemagne has ever said when they were having a conversation. Like, yeah. you're not adding that context. You're just mm -hmm. snatching shit that makes him look nasty. Like, they could do that to me. They could do that to us. <laughs> like, yeah, and so I feel like with a dude that's, that's smart like that or anybody, if you listen to a conversation where he's describing, first of all, something that both him and the girl took, and it's not GHB, it's available in stores and all that stuff, I wonder... What, what do you think is going on? And being a voice in the media, this is very important. Why do you think people want to believe this so badly? Like, like I think people want. I'm not gonna say it. I don't think people want to believe. I that. think that there's. I think that there's a lot of because d despite everything that's come out, right? Despite the charging documents, despite all of this stuff, I feel like there's a group of people who want to believe that this is true. Well, I'm sure there's a group of people that want to get Charlemagne the fuck out of here. Hmm. Like. That existed before any of this came out. Right. That's gonna exist when this is when this is yesterday's news. Like there's gonna be a group of people that wanna get Charlemagne the fuck out of here. How do he's we got he's gotta be well prepped for that. And he, he seems to be. Like yeah. he lawyered up, like 
He, shit got taken down. He, he did exactly what he was supposed to do in that situation. So as a so as obviously people know that I'm a friend of his, I'm supposed to come out cause and say what in, in Joe Budden's opinion? What was I supposed to say? Uh your sentiment. Just address it? Hmm. I owe it to the, I'm I'm actually getting the master class right here because I'm, I'm I'm talking to you. I'm serious. Like because you're, this is the first time that you're too big of a voice and what happens is when you don't report on it, see the first week I didn't report on it. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a, a journalist in there with me, uh, so I wasn't going. I wasn't touching it. Uh, you didn't touch it. Elliot didn't touch it. The shade room didn't touch it. All of the news, all of the places that the news is centralized, nobody touched it. So then it looks away. It, look, okay. it looks like I'm in cahoots with you niggas that I don't even really talk to, but so often. Mm. It looks like we all are complicit and if he did that shit we probably shouldn't be complicit yeah. so that's how it looks i'm not saying that's what is yeah so you have to come out and either speak to the friendship uh-huh. uh speak to the facts speak to what the public already knows like how you handle it is how you handle it uh on my podcast i don't censor anybody so while i didn't agree with rory and maul get your feelings off like Say what you gotta say. say. Say what you have to say because we don't run from things on this podcast. Yeah. Um, how do we have a larger conversation about what we have to do, which is protect and empower women? First of all, nobody, people say we wanna protect and empower women. We have to protect and empower women in situations like this. At the same time, speak to the actual facts of, what, uh, of what's going on. Like, it, it, like how do you, like I, I, at this point, I, I really fucking uh, I feel a little powerless because I want every woman that's ever been in a situation like that to have an open and honest forum where she is believed, where she is empowered, where she feels completely okay to talk about these things. But at the same time, I want us to be responsible in sort of how we look at them. I want facts to matter more than accusations. Okay. Do you feel like we're in a position where we can't ask for that right now, or are are, are we? Is, is that? Am I off? Do I? It, like, what, what? Where am I? Where am I going wrong at? And thinking that you can do all of that. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like. We, <laughs> we can't. We're not. That's not where we are, man. Mm. We we're not in a place where that can happen. Not right now. No. Eventually, we have to be though. Because we don't, you know what I'm saying? If, There's if, too many other things that come into play. See, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like, mm-hmm. there's too many other things that come into play with shit like this. Uh, because there are places that uh, the young lady who, who alleges these things can, can go to for support right this second. Um, and I'm sure that there's probably some other ways that she could move forward with this case. It will probably be very costly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like there's some other things going on that like we'll never know everything, and that was a big reason why I didn't report on it the first week because, and and I've been through this run of the mill, so I'm sensitive to it when uh, the police report comes out. Mm-hmm. So the Charlemagne shit comes up, and the first thing that starts to come up are the documents, the police report, and. That's when they hang you. That is when the court of public opinion hangs you. A lot of people are law-abiding citizens, so they have no idea how police reports 
yeah, what actually comprises one and what goes into it is accusations and allegations. Yes, the public sometimes, well, most times takes that as a fact. Well, these things as facts. Mm -hmm. So it gets blurred from the jump. Me as having been one of the people that, you know, has been on a police report, like what? Like, that's what I did? Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't even know if somebody could come up with no shit like that. Right. So that didn't tell me, that didn't tell me too much there when the police report like came out. Hmm. Like, you'll never, I, you can go through the whole story. The only people that will ever know were the people that were in that room. Hmm. Yeah. All right, man, pause for one second. We're going to pay some bills. A lot of us. First, learn to love reading, which I love reading, by the way. It's one of my favorite things to do. And storytelling by watching LeVar Burton. You guys remember that. Reading Rainbow. You guys love that. Uh, LeVar Burton reads. He recreates that magic for grown-ups on the podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. It's back for a new season this week. In each episode, LeVar handpicks a different short story and reads it aloud to you. Past episodes feature stories from Neil Gaiman, Octavia Butler, Haruki Markami, and many more. Take a break from your daily life and dive into a great story with LeVar Burton, the same guy who got you on this reading thing to begin with. The first episode of season three is a speculative fiction story by Rebecca Ronhorse entitled Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience. It's about a tour guide who gives virtual reality experiences to tourists who want to know what it's like to be Native American. Think Black Mirror meets Westworld. Don't miss it. Season three is out now. Subscribe to LeVar Burton Reads wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're also sponsored by Afropunk Solution Sessions, co-produced by Afropunk and How Stuff Works. Afropunk Solution Sessions is a podcast that explores real-world situations, real-world solutions to the problems that marginalized people face. From running for political office to restorative justice to activism, Afropunk Solution Sessions arms people with the knowledge and the tools they need to affect change and build power in black communities. Very important stuff, weighty stuff we're talking about here with this podcast, man. I love this stuff. Every Wednesday, co-hosts Bridget Todd and Eve's Jeff Cope speak with members of the Afropunk community, celebrated thinkers and community leaders like Stacey Abrams, Matthew Kincaid, and Patrice Cullors on how to resist oppression and stay engaged. Afropunk Solution Sessions is inciting meaningful conversations and motivating people to make a difference. Some of these conversations include what does it mean for black people to have a seat at the table? How can we expand reproductive rights for marginalized people? How can we reclaim our space? Incredibly important and really, I would say, essential questions of blackness right there. Listen and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we're sponsored by WNYC's The Realness. When the legendary rapper Prodigy, God rest in peace, Prodigy, died last year after being hospitalized for sickle cell, his friends and fans were shocked. Now, a new podcast called The Realness from WNYC Studios 
takes you inside Prodigy's life and music. Using never-before-heard audio tape, the realness will introduce you to the person behind the rhymes that hid years of excruciating pain. Along the way, the realness will talk with the Queens-based doctor who treated Prodigy and brought Sickle Cell out of the shadows, the rap legends who knew him, and the activists who wonder if Prodigy may have died needlessly. The Realness is a podcast that goes behind Prodigy's music to reveal his lifelong struggle against his own body and how that struggle informed his lyrics and fueled his success. One of the most successful rappers of all time, one of the most important rappers of all time. Once again, rest in peace, Prodigy. Listen and subscribe to The Realness wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at therealness.org. That's therealness.org. Rest in peace to the God prodigy always. Now let's get back to Joe Button. I'm gonna I'm I'm touch on something right now, but I, I don't want to get off this. Charlemagne is an is a, is an industry friend of mine. You recently said something interesting about industry friends, about you and Rosenberg had a back and forth, and I actually tried to I tried to mediate this by creating a show for Rosenberg and Joe Button. Like I went on, me and Scotty Bean were talking about. It. I was like Rosenberg and Joe Button should have a TV together. <laughs> Joe- I was thinking maybe this could be like a great, you know, back and forth. I'm like, yo, maybe y'all should just do a show together. And Joe didn't. I don't think Joe responded. But I didn't respond. But Rosenberg went <laughs> in a typical Rosenberg response, which was to go, yo, man, that would have been such a great uh, situation back in the day. Like, I really respect Joe and like all of his stuff, but we can't do that now. Things have gone too far. Rosenberg, a lot of respect for him, real dramatic guy. But he's just like. That's a, that's a true fact. Like real. So before I, before you even go any further, let me tell you about my DNA. Mm-hmm. I never get along with dramatic people. Never. I never get along with dramatic people, and I never not get along. But I don't do well. I don't normally typically do well with dramatic people or very sensitive, hypersensitive people. Hmm. Peter is both. Hmm. How do you? And you said something that I thought was interesting. Because um, post Kanye, a lot of people claim that they're my friends now, right? And you said, I listened to you say, like, I, I thought that you and Joe, like, you said he's not a friend. No. Not a friend at do all. Do you think he thought he was your friend? I'm sure he thought that. Okay. How do people know when they're friends of Joe Button? He thought he was your friend. Wait a second. Wait. 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 He thought Yo, somehow this bum, stupid ass question makes for a very good topic. Right. Like I, because like, I like how did wait wait how he thought industry he was your rule friend. number four thousand and eighty record company people are shady. Q Tip said that in what eighty nine. Yeah. So how do people gauge their friendships? I'm asking you, how does this someone This industry know? didn't mold me. This industry didn't make me, well, it helped to make me who I am, but I didn't get my values and my teachings from the music business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter and I have never done, have never done anything outside of work-related things. Mm. So why would he believe that we have a friendship Outside of that word being used very loosely. Right. And me being a realist about it doesn't make me a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you and I are friends. Right. I really fuck with Van, though. I have a lot of respect <laughs> like, for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 my yeah. nigga. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing. So I think that maybe because he thought we were friends, he, he had certain expectations mm-hmm. of how Joe should 
move and talk and just maneuver along the way. And when those things weren't happening the way that he thought maybe they should, maybe he felt a way about it. And again, I've never spoken to Pete about this, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, Pete has bugged the fuck out a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the problem is that there's nobody to check. There's nobody to check niggas when they bug the fuck out. And that is one of the real reasons why I love that I retired from rap uh-huh. to sit here and do that. To make sure niggas are not out here acting a fucking fool. Yeah. Because he bugged out for a little bit. But that's my guy. Yeah. He blocked me on Twitter. Oh, you blocked you on Twitter? He, oh, so there, there are no hard feelings from you to him right now. No way. I say fuck niggas and, and go on about my day. I don't harbor ill will toward Pete. I wish him the best. Right. I listen to Pete. Right. And I hate, uh, not hate, that's a strong word, right. but I don't really fuck with the Michael K show uh-huh. like that. Yeah. But I listen to Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Pete on the wrestling shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Pete at SOB. I like Pete sometimes. Right. But the problem is, and I hate to do this, but the problem is some white people... <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna say. Right, right. And that's all I'm gonna say. Right. So, so I took great exception to how he announced that Triple X death. Mm. And the man thing to do would have just been for him to say, "He's got a point. Mm. He's right. My bad." He'd have just did that and left it alone. You know, sometimes people. Liars got to keep lying. You just compound shit. Mistakes, you compound mistake after mistake after mistake, and now you just left with a fucking shit ball. There's a name for it. If he would have just, what is it? Dickhead momentum. So what happens is there's a, there's a, there's a name for it. It's my, true. my dad told me there's a, it's called dickhead momentum. It's a point that you actually even realize that you're wrong. But you're so deep in. You gotta keep going. You, ca- you gotta keep going. <laughs> you gotta go. Dick is dick, like dickhead momentum. You just keep fucking going. You're wrong, wrong, wrong. But fuck, I gotta die on the line. Now. So Pete, Pete announced that shit. Mm-hmm. I took exception to it in, in a time of mourning because I was in my car mourning. I addressed it. If he'd have just apologized and moved on, that would have just been the end of that. He could have still blocked me. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not it's not about me. Remember, my, my contribution now is all about being selfless. It's selflessness. Yeah. This is not about my feelings. It's just about right and wrong. Ask yeah. my fucking partner over there. I live and die. My business goes on the side of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Money don't dictate it. Yeah, yeah. He gets on the radio and bashes me. Right. He bashes me. Starts making all types of syringe attic jokes. That's another mistake, Peter. <laughs> yeah. These are more. You're. You're. You're insulting a ginormous uh, wave people, yeah. of people yeah. because you're things. attempting to insult the man that's most numb to it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will never feel anything. Right. <laughs> I must. Yeah, it's just not going to work. It's right. just not going to work. So you make some, another mistake. Uh, then you get on Twitter and now you're attacking fans. These are people that fuck with you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at what point do you stop and say, could have done it a little different? Right. And that was my only point to Peter. I don't have any beef with Peter. Hmm. Hmm. So the sensitivity that we see, I'm going to be real with you. I, like, uh, uh, something you had way back in the day was the first time I realized how sensitive hip-hop was. Just people in hip-hop, hip-hop period, first time, it was maybe like 10, 11 years ago. And they, there was this like, uh, I'm not even gonna fucking remember this shit now. It was like a fucking rap. 
battle royal or like a rap, a bunch of rap brackets or something like that. The vibe. What was now? It was and it was and it was, it was putting bracket. you against like different rappers. And, I, I, and it was either you and Ghostface or you somebody like that. And you were like, "Yo, I'll, I'll rap that guy. Like I'm a better rapper than him." And um, it was Method Man, and everybody went, "Yo!" Because I, I go on this. Uh, this 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 message board, and <laughs> shut up, dog. I love message boards, man. Yeah, I go on. I was I was deep in the message boards at the time. I used to be as well. I deep in the message boards at the time, and everybody was like, "Yo, how could he be crazy?" I remember just going, "Um, okay, well, after y'all get y'all emotions out, are we gonna talk about whether or not that's like a true fact?" I might like, after everybody finished going, like, "How could he say that?" I'm like. Now can we discuss whether or not he actually <laughs> raps better than him? Yeah. You, you, you yeah, know what I mean? Am I, is, is that like an okay thing to talk about or we can't talk? Nah, you can't fucking. All right, well, fuck it, nigga. Let's talk about something different then. Like, that it, might have been when I learned it too. It, it's, like, it's like, I was like, all right, well, we, since we can't have a discussion. And that, by the way, rap is the only place where that fucking exists, right? Like, if, if, if Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson are on the court, if Jordan gets crossed, Jordan got crossed. Yes. He just he lost that day. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Allen Iverson 100%. is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. It means at that point you got a young lion against an older lion, and sometimes the lion might take a loss. That's all that means. So don't be. But in hip hop, yeah, that's it, why when people ask when when people ask me uh, who's a better MC between A and B, I always tell them out of how many verses. Like, mm. because you can't just ever go verse for verse because somebody was just the better man that day. Right. Like, in a 10-verse run. Right. Give it to me. Like, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. So, so why, though? Why, why, why like, why, why, if you say a, a, a rapper's album was whack, does he have to send his shooters to your apartment? Because hip-hop is comprised of the bottom feeders. Mm. How do you mean? Hip hop, and this is back to my, this is real nigga geography and just how the world, mm. how America is created anyway. Hip hop was for the niggas in the park that just made some shit. Uh, crack is what we were supposed to just be left with. Yeah. Uh, some other things happened. So when I say the bottom feeders, I mean, society put us in certain places you mean in terms of their perspective yes right and what we did with it is what we do with it create some dope shit fucking right Right. so you have people that come from nothing now given the opportunity to not only make the world but afford it to their loved ones so any chink of the armor is not just taken as sport uh it's not just taken as a competitive act it's taken as Oh, you're now taking money out of my family. You're affecting me in real time. Yeah. Um, and that's what I learned in that whole Method Man exchange, actually, because that very simple act led to all types of real street beef. Yeah, I remember. Right? After that, it went on for a little while. But when Meth and I finally got to talking at Jones Beach in Rock the Bells, we took a little walk. Uh, and he explained to me exactly what was going on with him when this little young cocky arrogant kid was sitting in the studio just saying the name method man he had a million personal things going on with with him this rap shit was 
probably the last thing on his mind. Uh, and that's all I'll say. So for that to happen, it made me understand the nuance of it. It made me understand the complexities of of the business mm. as, a, as a whole. So Disrespecting someone means sometimes being less than honest with them? Does respecting someone... Meaning I have respect for, what it, for who you are and what you've accomplished, so I can't say that I write better than you? Is, yes, is, that is exactly what respect means. Hmm. It... Beyonce would never say that to Tina Turner. She would never say, Tina Turner, I perform better than you. She would never say that, period. She would let her husband say it. No way. Beyonce is the best performer in the universe. But she would never say that to Prince. She would never say that to Tina because you respect the people that came before you and paved the way and made it available for you to do what you're doing today. Meth is that for me. Meth is probably the only person I, I, I give a one-up on on a song with Biggie on the what, Ready to Die. Mm -hmm. um, he made some of the things that I was able to do possible. So in the grand scheme, what does it matter if I can rap better than Method Man? Mm. At what point will that have to be proven or showcased unless you bring it to that point? Because Meth won't. Right. Meth is, is, is iconic already. He ain't running around looking for the young. And, and that, Meth Joe Budden is... Joe Budden, Yachty, it's jo it's yeah yeah it's a, it's it's, the, it's a, like a yeah. cyclical type of deal. It's the same deal that comes back yes. and forth over and it keeps coming yeah. back. So, up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. who's gonna be like? I gotta be the person to, to take some of this information that I've received and and push it forward. Um, and shout out to Meth, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> see, gotta give him shout outs. One of the best ever. One hundred percent. And uh, a multi talented brother, man, a real legend in this, and not just hip hop, but in uh, entertainment. Period. Where are you right now in your Kanye vibe? Like where? Like what? What? What thoughts do you have right now about? Kanye I don't. Vibes? I don't talk Kanye. I'm off Kanye. Off of it. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm off him. I don't have thoughts. I no don't, thoughts. I don't think about him. He's eradicated. Mm. Um. Is there anything he can do to be uneradicated? No. That's no. that. No. Why do you feel like that's such an important stance? Or do you feel like it's an important stance for you to take? Or is that because people ask me about? Kanye West and I say listen it's not so much about me having to do something for political reasons because um, I would be a hypocrite to say I'm not listening to one guy for moral reasons where I listen to all of these other guys and this I'm saying I can't enjoy the music anymore and that's really the thing for me it's like I, I hear it now and it I'm not even like mad anymore it just doesn't sound the same it sounds it's, it's weird it went too far like I like but I know that there's I, that really I, that's my best way to, to kind of explain it is it kind of that's kind of how you are or are you making a conscious effort to say this is something I don't want as part you know, of I don't, I don't, I don't tie to Kanye you know and it's, it's, again selflessness is just a reoccurring theme that, that we got going here but mm -hmm. anybody that's going to blatantly put his own agenda no matter the cost in front of the, just what's right mm -hmm. yeah no he's Kanye Kanye I'm going to that's that's just one on one accord. Okay. Because there's an amalgam of shit going on. Mm -hmm. I'm an MC. Right. So I put a lot of weight into words. They are powerful, but like one of the most powerful things we have here. For him to misuse his voice the way that he has, and I've heard him respond to that. So let me not say the word misuse, because he says he's very clear on what he's saying. Right. 
Actually, I will say misuse because you can't be clear on what you're saying when you're on and off medication. Your brain is not even on the same. Like I'm, I understand all that shit he was saying. I, li- listen, I, I'm on. I'm. On, I tell people all this. I'm on Lexapro right now. He can't say all of what he said and do the damage that that those words do and his alliances are doing to the people that he once so strongly stood and fought for. Right. Like, how can I explain it? How can I explain? I had a hard time trying to explain it to my dad when he called and said, hey, I know you're a little busy and can't talk right now, but what's up with Kanye? He don't, my dad don't know shit about no music. My yeah. dad, all my dad knows is that Kanye stood next to Mike Myers, I think that's his name, Mike Myers, mm-hmm. and said President Bush don't care about black people. Right. And the political guy my dad is, I'm not, my dad is, mm-hmm. just wants to know how one person can get from that to this. this. Yeah. I can't explain it. Right. Well, I could. Right. I actually had to talk to people around him to try to get the understanding on it. I, listen, I still have hope. Like, I still have hope that for what? Cause man, yo, you niggas make me fucking sick. I do. Yo, is Kanye our relative? No. Well, in a way. Like, <laughs> like, 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 no. I'm gonna be real with you. Like, like, I was like, like, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you. Oh, please don't waste I, my time. I'm, with this not, shit. I'm not gonna waste your time He's with it. He's not your relative. He's not my relative. He's not my relative. He's not my relative. You didn't go to the wedding. I, I don't give two fucks about none of this Kanye I, 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 shit. I, I, I do. Why are we holding out hope? I, I tell you why. I, I tell you why. I tell you why I am personally. I answer the questions. Number one, because our God is a forgiving God. No, nigga, come on. Well, like, 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 God is a forgiving. My God is a forgiving God too. But that's not why. I, because I do think I, the, the two things going on. Two answers to that question. Number one. Is that there's a specific way why, why where I there's a reason why I keep hoping that Chris Brown gets it together, and the reason why I keep hoping that Chris Brown gets it together is because that type of talent and that type of power of of, of culture is an incredible. Let me stop you there. Way. Let me stop you there. Let me, let, 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 why have you wrong already? No, I'm not. I'm not wrong. I can't be wrong with my opinion. You but, but no, my, you know you're wrong when you're talking about because you because you're doing what everybody does. You're going to his level of talent. And I'm going to speak to how that has decreased from in the last seven years. Yay or Chris? Yay. Okay, yes. Never Chris. I know, I know. Yay. But, but, but my point is this, though, and I use that to only say this. When we have guys like this and we have brothers like this, the amount of positive work that they can do, the amount of sort of transformative action that they can take, it's so huge that if we don't have to, excites them if we don't have to lose them it would always be better not to like if you like with the amount of inspiration and the amount of knowledge and the amount of all that stuff these brothers can kick that I we believe, really need i believe action. that we if, if, if you know what i'm I saying believe when people show me who they are you should believe them that's very true but i, also, I will keep kanye in my prayers because my god is a forgiving god right and hopefully he gets his mental state together one day because I don't believe that his mental state is all the way together. And judging from words straight from he and his wife's mouth, it's not. Yeah, I mean, so I hope he gets it together. I hope Outside he gets it together. of that, I don't give a fuck about Kanye. I hope he gets it together too, but I just know that a large part of the last decade- That's y'all up here, I was spent being inspired by Kanye West. I know he can inspire more people. Now I can fuck it, fuck all that. Does Kanye own some of TMZ? Let's get to some real shit. Ask me a question, does Kanye own some of TMZ? Now he doesn't own any of TMZ. Why do you think Kanye owns some of TMZ? I never thought that. I'm asking a question. But the question came from some impetus in your brain. Is TMZ the police? How so? Like, what do you mean? 
No, they're not the police. Like how they land on them shit. I do know. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm a senior producer here. All right, good. So tell me how y'all get all the police reports so fast. Anybody can get a police report. Anybody can get a police <laughs> report. There are a couple people. Listen, at gets police reports. Look, Joe got his mic At gets police reports. He just told me anybody. Anybody can get a police report. You call a PIO. There's 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 certain places. Anybody can get a police report now, when this. they are released to I, the I, public. I was, man. Right. I'm asking you about the police reports that you guys get before they are released to the public. Well, we don't really get police reports before they're released. So give me an example of a police report we got that was before. No, because I don't really give a fuck. I'm just trying to bust your chop. I'm just shooting the shit. What are we talking about? Uh, right. Act gets police reports. Let me, let's talk about Act real quick. Um, uh, Act, um, you and him did a show together. Show didn't last very long, but the cultural impact. Shout out to Wayno, by the way. Me and Wayno had uh, a lunch this past, this past Saturday. Wayno, great He's just like a lunch whore. I go to lunch with people. <laughs> niggas, that's, that's why I won't move to LA. Why? Because all you niggas do is just run around going to lunch. We build. <laughs> we build. We build. We build. I know. No, did he say build? You know what's crazy? Are you going to say link? Me and Joe built one time. We linked. We ah. built. We built. Uh. Me and Joe. Hey, shout out to the Zen Lounge. We connected. We connected. We, like, we, we was at the Zen no, Lounge. No, we went somewhere. We, 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 we were we, part of the same party. Right. Me and Joe talked. I got a sense of who Joe Bunn was. I was like, yo, man. That wasn't a link. Joe Button, me and Joe Button linked. I'll put that shit on Twitter. <laughs> you did. I, I was like, I'll, I'll put that shit we on had a good night. I was like, well, I linked with Joe. And then I hit Joe. I DM'd him. You know, the whole shit. Joe hit me. We no, we had a good night. Yeah, it we was did. cool. We linked. We connected. We and did. that was good food there, man. It was great. Shout out to Zen Lounge. But um, Everyday Struggle continues to go on. Act continues to do his thing. What do you feel like Act? Uh, what do you feel like his place in hip hop is right now? Like, what is what does he represent to you? Because a lot, he's a very controversial dude. A lot of people, a lot of people see me. Act was out here last year, and we went to a couple of different places. And people came up to me and they was like, "Yo, what the fuck you doing hanging out with that nigga? You a positive brother? All that guy does is reinforce negative stereotypes." Now, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think he has gone left in the past. But when you see a young dude like that, who do you think that there's something wrong with what he does? Um. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I've I've told him this to his face. Yeah. He he already knows. He already knows how I feel about certain aspects of what he does. Certain aspects of what he does is, is brilliant, really brilliant. brilliant. Has has managed he, to create a vibe and a brand for he's himself. Got a choke hold on a certain demo, and I like Act. Like mm -hmm. that's my guy. Yeah. Certain shit, I'm just the the man in me is not gonna. I'm not with. Right, like some of the videos and stuff like that. You watch Everyday Struggle now, still? No. No, why would it. I do that? I'm just asking. The show is horrible. Everyday Struggle is a horrible show now, you feel like. It's hard. The, the, the numbers say it's a horrible show. Mm. Mm. Um, is there any particular reason why you think it's horrible now? Uh, yeah, but that would be helping people. Mm. So I will keep it to myself. I'm, I'm done fixing other people's problems. I feel you. What? I hope they get together because I, I fuck with all three of them. Right. I fuck with Ack, I fuck with Wayne on, I fuck with Nadeska. But the show as a whole, I'm sure if you got them in the corner and say truth the truth, they would they would talk about it. Truth the truth. Um what where where are you right now and you're in your I'm mean, obviously the podcast is man, fucking super duper successful. Yeah, shit's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, shout out to y'all niggas, man. Y'all y'all moving units out here. Super Thank duper you, successful. Um uh where I know that you you know that you that you got your whole situation. You're dealing with uh, a titan and a legend, and, and, and you and Puff doing. What's the next thing? 
what is the next thing? Are you doing more television? Are you doing more like what's 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 the deal? I can't tell you. You can't talk about it. Let me ask you a question. You can't talk about it, right? To me, mm. do you think I know? Uh, you may. I do. You should. <laughs> uh, yo. So, man, Joe, I just I'm uh, I'm I'm fascinated, bro. Why? I, I'm 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 gonna be real with you, man. I, I want to know how the fuck you did this, dog. <laughs> like, I, I'm not. I'm, 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 like I'm, yeah, I love I'm, that honesty. I'm, I'm fascinated, man. I want to know how the fuck you did this. I remember when it was a time when no one had a fucking positive word. I know one person that used to always say, "Man, Joe Budden is a fuckboy, fuckboy." And a couple of days ago, hit me up. Oh, I can't wait to hear what the Joe Budden podcast said about this. I'm like, yo, the fuck, what happened? You know what? In their defense, though, I probably used to be a fuckboy a little bit. You think you were? Uh, no, but I'm, I came off that way a lot. I came off that way a so lot. So do you feel like the representation of you from the past may might may have not been the most accurate representation? Like, are we getting the no, real Joe no, Budden I now? Think, no, I think we're getting 38-year-old, well, almost 38-year-old Joe Budden. Like, you need all, all of your yesterdays to, to, to get to today. Mm -hmm. So it's a number of things. I used to, I used to be a shithead. Uh, you know, Joe, Joe Budden is just easily misunderstood without context. And... The fact that I have a platform and a voice every week to speak to people, I think a lot more people kind of understood me. And once you understand me, then it's like, yeah, you you get it. Then it's like, then it's like you, which you're going on vacation with Charlemagne because you can't you can't picture that you know Charlemagne. Yeah, yeah. Like with more context, you're like, that Joe's not that bad. He was just you gotta right. get it a little bit, right? Um, is there any rapper right now that could call you up for a feature to make you pick your mic up? Ho. Not a not a one. Ho. Joe, uh, I need you on Joe, Joe, listen. I need you. We doing I'm doing blue. I'd rap with Hove. Let me let, let's think let's think about it here. That's, that's not true. I would rap with Hove. The Scarface called. I mean you can't certain people like God damn it. Like Thank you for giving Brad like Jordan the fucking you... respect he deserves, man. Y'all ain't got Scarface on your top ten list. Cause well, y'all a bunch of fucking Scarface lanes. Scarface is easily top ten, top twelve. A lot, of, bruh. That the love for Scarface that needs to happen right now is it's like we losing track of Scarface, man. It's like I don't hear people bringing up Scarface when we talk about these greatest of all time lists, man. Yeah, but if anybody runs me, tells me their list of their greatest of all times, if Scarface ain't there, I'm a point to his influence. Mm. Like that's how great Scarface. Is like you don't have to know him to be hearing and feeling what he his did. work, what he that nigga man. That was like Pac for me, but be, mm. before Pac, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. like, and Face know how I feel about it. Let me tell you, when I signed to Def Jam, right, I was 22, 23, 23, 24 when I walked into a room on tour and Scarface was there. He was just playing Spades with somebody, and I sat there and I played Spades because I'm great. Um, Where you from again, Jersey? I'm from New York yeah. originally. Okay, so but I know I already know you can't play space then, because you East Coast niggas and the West Coast niggas, y'all can't play no space. In the South, we really play space. Y'all. Oh, there, there, well, there you go. My family's from the South. Oh, oh, well, nah, that fucking undid that. Let's go. I only, I, I only didn't learn pinochle because my memory was oh, wasn't wow. good enough to yeah learn to do the 80. whole yeah. It's a lot of cards, mm. but spades. Shit. <laughs> um, but just the fact that Scarface knew who I was when we sat down. Word. That was fulfillment for me. That's that's what I that's what I signed my record deal for. For the people that I thought to were gods, 
mm-hmm. to acknowledge me. Yeah. So Scarface, Hove, there's a few niggas. Scarface, Hove. But these, these are niggas that ain't calling me. Actually, Scarface owe me a verse. He owes you a verse. 100%. He told you he was going to get on something with you, you didn't get on with it. I sent him love for you, all for you, on All Love Lost. Whatever the last song was on that album, I sent it to him. Mm-hmm. But I just sent him the beat, and he was like, send it to me when you're done with it. Right. And it was Scarface, so I rapped because I love Scarface. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, that's just Scarface. Scarface called me, man. He said, yo, you are a rapping ass. <laughs> Scarface I'm not rapping behind that. You got to <laughs> He said, would you get something else? Send it to me. But he was running around. He had just put his album out. Yeah. So I thought that was his friendly way of saying I've been a little busy. What's the wackest Joe Budden verse? Oh, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of whack Joe Budden verses. Do you know, like... I don't have any. Do you know it's whack? One hundred percent. So you, so you, so you in the studio, you go off and you like shit. That's fucking suck. Like you know it's yeah, whack. Yeah. The early part of my career, I was, I was. That was my fight. I was signed to a production company and I was signed to a label that we all had uh, creative differences mm-hmm. of which direction we should be going. So uh, there's a whole bunch of shit from that era where. It's the worst music I've ever heard. And I was sitting in a strip club one day in New Jersey. It was Cinderella's, right? And I'm from Jersey. And I'm sitting there, everybody in there know me, and strippers, the bartenders, the, the, the patrons. And the DJ knows me. So mm-hmm. this song, it just came out that I put out. All right. And it came on in the strip club. It's called, I'm not even gonna say what it's called because it's real bad. And I'm sitting- You're on the song? It's my song. It's your oh, it's your song. I, I made the song because oh, I no no, but no, but I, when you say when you said it's a song, I thought maybe you were talking no, about. No, I off, made the song off in the club with Marcus Houston. That's one of the greatest songs ever. That's a dope but song. I would never say this about this song. I'm okay. talking about really bad songs. Okay. When the DJ played this song, and I, I that feeling that I had inside, <laughs> that was the moment because life is about moments. That right. was the moment that I said. I'm never again recording something that I do not want to record. Word. And it never happened. Never happened. But there's a bunch of whack Joe Button verses. And I'm not going to help y'all find them. No, we're going to look for them bitches. (laughs) We're going to put out an accompany piece with Joe Yeah, because y'all will put that shit out, man. Like, I would tell you, but then y'all going to violate. I'm going to find them. Because I I bet it's a list somewhere. Because I'm going to be real with you. I didn't really even know that you could rap. Because that was was in my pump. That was in my uh, 106 and Park days where I used to, you know. Cause I was in college, I would come home from college and watch One Six and Park, pump it up came out, but it was a pop song almost. Pump it up was very poppy and just like the beat was like it really pump it up was everywhere. I Tell was, me any other pop song with rapping like that. It's kind of a pop song. Is it the beat? Just, just tell me one other pop song. You was rapping, but it's not like the Joe Budden that. This is what I'm saying. No, I understand what you're saying because yeah. it was a pop song, but right. that's just what I always say to is people. Is that that it was like yeah? It that was, was really. That whole song being a, a pop song is like a mistake. How is that a mistake? Because when I heard that beat, mm-hmm. I, niggas I heard, was mad about that beat. By the way, that was niggas. I'm from Jersey, so a up tempo beat didn't stop nothing for me. And when I heard that sample, that sample is you can't be in hip hop if you don't know that. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. hip hop sample. Yeah. I heard that and said, "Oh, I'm gonna tear these niggas up." I didn't think a club. Right. <laughs> I didn't know how to make a song. Mm. But when you when you and Ho started going back and forth, that's when hey, I was like, 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 but that's when I was like, wait a minute. Hey. I was like, huh? 
Yeah, the good old days. I was like, Hove Hove came hard, but I was like, eh, okay, this nigga like really, and that's that's the moment that I realized that you could rap because before then, like I'm from the, I'm from the south, so mm. I didn't have the mixtapes and all of that shit like that. Like, Pump It Up was the moment that you were birthed into the world. Yeah. Um, I will look, bro. Um, we pretty much covered it all except for one thing I want to ask you about. I want to ask you. One of the most infamous moments you ever had on a podcast was, I remember you on Tax Stone's podcast. Mm-hmm. And you and Tax had some static. And <laughs> It's funny. You're right. But uh, I didn't look at it that way. You didn't look at it that way? No way. Dog, you the hardest nigga to read in the world. How could you, how, what other situation, how could you look at that? Like, you, like it, it seemed very tense. Uh, it was tense. Mm-hmm. But... I didn't look at his like beef or no beef or when I left. Like, no. like I fuck with tax. I <laughs> fuck with I fucked with him then. Right. And right. he fucked with me then. Right. I think there might have been some some uh tension from powers beyond ours. Our control, yeah. You were but that interview is funny because it's one of the greatest moments in podcast history and I was really only acting like a dick because I had somewhere to go. Mm. I didn't realize how big tax was. Oh, at that point it was it was and, and shout out to him, he'll hold your head. But and like, this was earlier, but he was still really He was big. still very hot right at that point. I didn't know that. I was just he DM'd me, said, yo, come through. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause I don't do that. What we doing right now, I do not do I don't pull up. You don't pull up. Hell, I don't talk to niggas. But you do link and you do connect and build. I do not link or connect and build. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus, man. That even sounds horrible. Look, yeah, so, so you know, that, that texture, that was cool. That was real good. And me and him became like super, super, super fly as a result. Right. Yeah. It's uh, uh, unfortunate. Do you think in, is it going to be, because is it, do you ever have pause about giving your real opinion on something going on in rap? Because you know how hard it is to be like a rapper. Like, you know all the... Pro- okay, I put to put that question like this. And we might move the sequence around a little bit, but I want to get this question out. You know what it's like to be a talented MC and not have your situation at a major label meet the bar of your talent, right? Talented, more talented than what went on at Def Jam. It's a bunch of Joe Buttons out there right now. Dudes who, for some reason, like... It's a bunch of guys. Some guys just came out. We've been waiting on albums for them for 10 some odd years and shit like that. So do you have a soft spot for for artists you see getting jerked? Or is it like... Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the perspective that I, that, I, that I speak from. And I think that's why so many of my peers support me because I speak from an artist's perspective. Mm-hmm. So sometimes shit be looking away and it just falls on the artist, but that's not really what's going on. And I think some of the fans appreciate it because I'm helping to provide context for them as well. So I've been independent. I've been on a major. I've I've done the internet thing. Like I've done, it's just a bunch that I've done. So I pull information from a lot of different places. I speak from that. I'm not just looking. My 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 barriers are not just you know numbers based, algorithm based. Like it's a lot that goes into that. Mm. My only thing, my only rule is I don't speak on on shit that I know is is in the streets for real. That's my only rule. All right. Because those things have real life ramifications. Well, it's in the streets, and I respect street culture. I feel you. 
Do you feel? Do you think that we, in any way, overprioritize street culture? In the, in in, in hip hop. No, I, unfortunately, I, I think we're we're beginning to start seeing the ramifications of underprioritizing street oh, culture. Oh, tell me about that real quick. How? What do you mean? Uh, I, I think a lot of people on the internet just, you know, even like we was talking about with with Ack earlier, like he'll post a kid and and say, you know, he'll post a kid threatening somebody and say yo you think these niggas gonna get this nigga or not like mm, i see what you mean i see what you mean Ak, like that, Ak, that Ak has never spent one day in the streets and if he did he wouldn't play like that he, he just would that's my opinion i can't prove that yeah. but i've i've spent some time you know in jersey city and in, in in some different places so i don't play like that like i've almost had my head blown off but my right. point is, when you've gone through certain things, you, you understand how culture. you understand that people's that people's lives actually get impacted, and they yeah. actually. Yeah. And if shit. you don't, and if you don't respect street culture because you don't have to respect the energy of the universe, right? Act plays a dangerous game where he ignores them both, and I pray for him and I love him. So, yeah. I hope he gets it together. I think what I what I what I mean is, what I want to see from from us is that we understand how to. Because in, 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 in any sort of, uh, you know, minority group, honor culture always becomes a big deal, right? Any, any minority group, honor culture, like, blah, blah, blah. I want to see us be a little bit more um, cerebral and take insults and threats to things like that maybe less to heart. Not where it's really live, right? Like, if somebody's posting guns and shit like that, boom. But, like... Other situations that kind of go on and get really blown up in, in our culture to beefs and to things like that, we gotta kind of chill a little bit. We can't let the we can't let the ethos of the street actually affect the way we live our daily lives. Sure, we can. Why? Why would we do that? Why would like why like like a, like most of the times what's going on in the streets? And by the way, this is. With all respect, I'm from South Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I understand that there are rules and codes to wherever you go. I'm not saying to break those, but I'm saying, shouldn't we have different rules and codes? Shouldn't we have rules and codes that are more um, uplifting and, and life affirming and that, you know, sort of we have, inspire cooperation a little bit more? We have that as well. And the problem there, is that, and yeah. the problem there is that people think that, um, that's, that those things are absent in street culture. They're not. Street culture only becomes an issue when... There's disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't... So to your point, I don't wake up every day and worry about something happening to me on the streets. I just walk around. Same shit here. I've never been to anybody's hood and had an issue because I show respect. However, if I was out here just moving a certain way, that would be different. Instantly. <laughs> but why, I think what I mean is this. If I were to go to like... Calabasas or some shit like that and in some way broke some sort of rule niggas in Calabasas not gonna tear my head off right and the reason why that's a good thing is because they don't own Calabasas their ownership of that space that they think they have control over over is emotional you know what I'm saying and so what I'm saying is if we were in some less way less emotional less maybe a little bit less emotional and de-emotionalized a little bit and maybe thought about actually owning some of the places that we have and stuff like that we'd have different mechanisms by which to enforce what it is that we want we could actually 
we wouldn't have to get mad about someone disrespecting us on our block if we owned the block. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the only thing I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not about, to, I'm not coming off like a nigga's like, nah, nah. I get what you're saying because people really lose their lives, and we need to be respectful of one another. Two ways to skin a cat. You're saying two ways to skin a cat. That's the long. I, let me just say I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the long game. Number one. Sure. Number Without two. A, a lot of people aren't set up for. Let's just say, yeah, yeah. Popping. And, and let me just leave by saying, as long as we have hip hop, there's going to be killers around. <laughs> you know what? Give it up for Joe Budden, man. Yeah. Joe Budden. Woo. Joe Budden didn't didn't shy away anything. He said he raps better than Jay Z. You guys heard, heard him say that? That's going to be the headline tomorrow, Joe. Yeah. I, I have, I'll, I'll text him. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all give it up for Joe, no, man. No, we no, appreciate no. you coming and sitting down on the podcast, man. <laughs>